Ladies and gentle bros, welcome to the No Soliciting Experience. I am your host and asker of questions, Rick Martinez. Let's be real. We all know I'm your favorite memester on the interwebs. What a joke. <laughs> Look, listen. Let's talk sales. Let's talk funnies. Let's talk about some successful people. Let's talk with successful people in this industry. Top performers, team leads, and people who are leaving a lasting influence and legacy in this industry. So, take out a pen and paper, jot down some notes, or if you're in the car driving, make sure you go back and take some notes. Alrighty then. Let's see who we get to chat with today, shall we? guys welcome back to the no soliciting experience i have a special guest uh steve haru thank you steve for coming on the podcast today uh i'm super grateful to have you on and uh yeah steve tell us a little bit about yourself yeah man thanks for uh, having me on exciting to uh share some things about sales that i think a lot of people don't really know but uh, i run a company called victory selling and we help people sell better with honesty with integrity with humility and work with individuals, companies all over the map, all different industries. And we just have to change the narrative when it comes to sales. We still have this old, horrible perception of the used car salesperson, the aggressive in your face, uh, sell you, you know, down the river. All I want to do is close ABC bullshit. And that stuff, you know, didn't work in the nineties. It sure as hell doesn't work in 2020. So just excited to share some thoughts on that with you and your audience. Awesome. So they always be closing. So we are, are you like, we're talking like this when, when I think of always be closing, I think yeah. of Grant Cardone. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I think of that person, I think of uh, American greed and I think of jail time. Um, so you, you and I both know what's about to happen. And, you know, when not just this particular person who will remain nameless, but when you just live your whole life around, you know, pleasing your ego and you have a plane and I watch me burn hundreds You have fun burning hundreds now because the only people that are going to be upset, right, are the people that um, invested. And it's really sad because you got so many people that got sold a bill of goods that never made sense in the beginning. And when you want to just create a caricature of yourself, it's, it's not even about these gurus. They're, a bunch of them are just caricatures of themselves. It's all about the almighty dollar. And when things change, now what? See, you, you can't just go through life bragging about your jet and your Ferrari and your mansion and all this stuff because guess what things change and when you have a goal of helping other people succeed and it's not about the money and it's not about making the sale and it's not about abc guess what you're going to be fine because you didn't overextend you didn't make a bunch of promises you can't keep and we're going to start seeing this throughout the industry of sales a lot more than this particular person i'll tell you that so Again, live with humility. Don't spend above your means. Don't live beyond your means. Bank the cash, right? So you see so many people today that just want to brag about their Rolex and their Lambo and all this stuff. And five years from now, they're going to be back in mom's basement. So understand what the goal is, right? It's to treat people right. You can be successful in sales and still be humble and still be honest and still treat people with respect, but don't overextend because guess what's happening right now, guys? Like people are strapped for dough because they spent it all on a Louis Vuitton purse or they spent it all on $800 shoes. Like, guess what? Nobody cares right now. You could probably trade those shoes for a, a stack of toilet paper. That's about the equivalency right now. Um, so who would have thought stocking up on toilet paper would have been like stocking up on gold, but, uh, it's true, man. It really is true. And karma's a bitch, man. And it'll come back to get you. So 
all these ABC schmucks, all these guys that keep pushing, get rich, just take my course, you'll be rich tomorrow and have a jet like me. Um, their day's coming, man. And uh, it's unfortunate, but a lot of people saw this coming. But uh, people get stuck in and they get all the, they get NLP'd, as many of you guys know, they get manipulated. Right. And that's what happens. And you watch these these videos and this content from people over and over. Again. It's intentional. They know what they're saying. They know the actions they're doing to manipulate their audience. They know how to extract every dime from these people who are in desperation to get rich quick. And it just doesn't happen that way in sales. Mm -hmm. um, we see that in, in life, you know, Kevin Hart, of course, he's got such a great story. Granted, he'll do any script, you know, that's put in front of him, but not the point. The point is Kevin Hart was an overnight success that took 16 years. Yeah. Uh, nobody seems to understand that this guy was getting kicked out of bowling alleys, right? I mean, that's where he was performing and getting bumped, right? For a clown or something making balloons. Uh, yeah. This is nobody sees the struggle. They don't see what this guy had to go through. Yeah. They see now he makes 150 million a year. Yeah. They didn't see when he was making 22 grand, you know, driving all over hell in creation just to get a gig. Mm -hmm. So it's <clears> the <throat> so people that stay humble, that work their ass off, that understand that success is not going to happen overnight. It takes time. And, and that's what happens with sales. And unfortunately, like you said, all these ABC idiots that are out there promoting, you're going to get rich. All you have to do is come to my stadium event and guess what? You can pay 15 grand to watch me eat lunch. This is the VIP. Um, you don't get anything. It's just a giant upsell. All these people are like this. Go on their websites. Look at what they're What are they selling? What are they actually selling? Right? It's not much. So... Be careful, guys. Try not to get tricked into that stuff because that's what really does damage to our industry. Yeah. So there, there's a there's a huge misconception of the industry. I mean, sales it's kind of like something that's looked down upon, and then still, you, yep, still is. And then you take door to door. It's like, oh yeah. man, you're 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 like the scum of the scum, big so time. We're 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 in a in an interesting time where we're in the information error. You're absolutely right. Everybody, all these unethical practices that have been going on for years and years and years. We're in a time where everything's coming to light. We got Yelp, we have Google, we have everything. You can look up anybody and you'll find everything, right? So oh, yeah. we're, we're in an industry or in, in an industry and an age where we can't mess up moving forward. Correct. It means we're going to have to bring ethics back into sales, which is what you're all about. Right? 100%. And you created this, this course, right? Or this, not this course, but this thing called the sales DNA, right? What is the sales DNA? Yeah, I mean, it, it all came to me. Luckily, I um, think I told you, or if I didn't, I was living in Costa Rica, my place the last year. And that's mm -hmm. where I wrote the book and recreated all my content and all that stuff. And I had done a keynote for Aflac. I do a lot of teaching for Aflac around the country. And this is back, geez, like January, 2019. And uh, the guy that runs Aflac back East, he said, Hey man, you know, your content is great, but you need to check out this other thing. My friend um, has been using for a long time. And I looked at it and I, I didn't want to talk to him because I thought he was going to sell me on using disc profiles or other personality garbage like that, that doesn't work that, you know, has the scientific equivalency of a magic eight ball. Right. But everybody go, oh, I took a disc test and I'm a high D, so I'll be good at sales. Like, yeah. uh, no, that's like pointing to the guy walking down the street who's 6'11 and going, are you an NBA all-star center? Oh, you're not, but you're tall, right? That's what all these evaluations do. Yeah. And so I took this one, the sales DNA test. It's like an online evaluation, kind of like those. And I was floored. I mean, I... I had been successful in sales, right? I mean, I, you know, got to number one in the country with, with Cutco, got to number one in the country with Aflac. So I thought I was pretty decent. And when I took this thing, I wanted to jump off a bridge. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just not that good. And it was like a, a smack in the face. You're like, dude, you need to get better. And here's where. 
And what's so cool about the sales DNA test is it will tell you every single bottleneck, every single hidden area that you struggle with or need to, to get help with to be able to maximize your potential. And when I looked at it and I saw some of the things that we measure, I had no idea how much of an effect they had on selling. And we talked briefly about one of them before, which is the need to be liked. Yeah. And this will kill you if you're in sales and you have a need to be liked. Because what happens is, especially in door to door, you have this sense of you don't want to upset people. So it's already permeating in you because you feel like you're bothering them. And so when somebody pushes back, the prospect says something that you really need to address with an assertive question. You physiologically can't do it because you have this need to be liked. So you go into follow-up mode, you go into, okay, I'm sorry, we'll talk to you later mode when you could have gotten the sale. But we have to overcome that need to be liked. And the crazy part is about 6% of salespeople would rather be respected than liked. 94% of salespeople would rather be liked than respected. And you can probably take a guess at what the difference is in income between the top 6% and the bottom 94. And mm -hmm. so we, we are able to identify this, this value, right, of where on the scale do you fall in the need to be liked. And so that's a huge one. I think another one for, for you guys, especially in the door-to-door -door industry, um, is being comfortable with money. And most people, especially in sales, are uncomfortable with money. And it's really a couple different parts of it. It's their financial identity, right? I can't remember who said it, but we're only capable of earning about 10% more than our financial identity. So if you think you're worth earning 80,000 a year, the most you're probably going to make is 90 grand. Mm -hmm. If you see your value as 200 grand, you're probably not going to make more than 225. So how you look at money in terms of your value is one, but number two is the value of money itself. Because we ask people all the time, if I put a stack of 10 grand in front of you, is that a lot of money? And, and most people say, yeah, dude, that's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. what, what do you think Warren Buffett says to that question? No, absolutely not. No. But it's the same value, mm -hmm. but he looks at it differently than everyone else. And so if you're selling something, let's say somebody's selling solar, it's 20K, 25K, whatever, mm -hmm. and you think 10K is a lot of money. When your prospect says, man, Rick, that's 25 grand, man, that's a lot of money. You agree with them mm -hmm. because you think 10 is a lot of money. Yeah. So now you react differently. You say different things. You now are empathizing with your prospect. And so when you empathize with your prospect, you now accept their excuses, their put-offs, their objections as truth. You lose the sale. So these are the things that need to be measured, yeah. not... Let me teach you how to close. That isn't going to do anything unless we fix these things. So we measure health, 18, 19 more of these types of competencies. Um, and then we teach people on the back end how to fix it. That's the roadmap. And so that's what this DNA test does for people. It's like, a, um, like an MRI, right? Mm -hmm. You you hurt your knee or something playing hoop and you can't walk. I mean, you know something screwed up in there and you go to the doctor and she doesn't look at you. She doesn't touch you. She doesn't examine you and then says, hey, Rick, we'll see you tomorrow for surgery at seven. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> but, but that's what all the sales trainers and course writers do. They yeah. have no idea. What's holding you back? None, because everyone's different. And they go, here's the remedy. Take Steve Haru University. That's all you need. It's the same as a doctor giving two aspirin to every patient that comes in. Yeah, but I have, but I have cancer. No, I know. Just take the two aspirin. No, but I have coronavirus. No, I know. Just take the two aspirin. No, but I lost my leg to a shark. No, I know. Just take the two aspirin. And that's what permeates our, our kind of society we're in now in sales. It's like everyone has the solution, but they don't even know the problem. Yeah. Th that in and of itself is what sales is. 
So you have sales gurus, right? Trying to teach sales the opposite of how you're supposed to be selling. Yeah. You diagnose the problem, you provide the remedy. You don't provide the remedy before the problem's diagnosed. Mm -hmm. That's selling features and benefits, right? That's what too many salespeople do. Like, I got the solution, I got the solution, I got the solution. Buy from me, buy from me, buy from me. It's only this. So, dude, you don't even know if I have a problem yet. Yeah, exactly. You know, and that's what it all goes back to about being honest and having integrity. You shouldn't sell your product or service to everybody, plain and simple. It, you should not, because not everybody needs, wants, should have your product or service. It's okay. Some people are going to say no. That's okay. Don't listen to these idiots that go, everybody can be sold. No. Or, or we've all heard this old adage, right? Oh, man, she could sell ice to an Eskimo. Right? You've heard this before, right? Yeah, I've heard it. Why the fuck would you do that? What is wrong with you? Why would you sell something to somebody that they can get for free? What does that say about you? Because yeah. it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. Okay. And there are people out there that disagree. Go ahead. Keep selling stuff to people they don't want. Let's see what happens long-term, right? Because we want to create long-term relationships, right? Symbiotic that everybody likes being part of your circle. And guess what? That's when the referrals flow. That's when the introductions come. That's when people say, dude, I'm having a get together. Come on over. That's when you know you're doing the right thing. When people are excited to be able to work with you. If you do this ABC crap, you'll make sales, but you know what else you'll ABC, you'll always be chasing. Yeah. Right? Because you'll always be chasing new business. It will never ever just come to you. Mm -hmm. Once people make that switch mentally, their whole business has changed. Okay. So part of that, I mean, it's, it's kind of dis kind of just leaving like the ABCs, all, all the different things in order to get to where, um, you know, where, where you're saying we all should go. I mean, obviously reps and people have to start developing skills, right. In order to be able to yeah. do that. What do you think are, what, what is, what are some of the sales? No, what are some of the skills uh, that most salespeople lack? I mean, phew, this is a good question. Um, there's probably three. Okay. The first, like, Physical skill would uh -huh. be asking questions. Okay. Most salespeople are horrifically bad at that. Um, and not only do they not ask questions and not listen enough, they're not asking enough questions. Okay. So that's number one. And, and kind of part of that is they don't ask assertive enough questions. And there's a difference between aggressive and assertive. And we could talk on this all day. But that's one of the things, right, that I think is important. That's what we teach, right, in, in my course and everything. We, we have to learn how to ask proper, enough, and assertive questions. The next thing, and it's funny because we do these sales DNA tests. We have a, a, a bank, a record of the amount of people that we've done these for. It's almost 2 million, mm -hmm. right, over the past 30 years. And they did a study on which were the, what are the two things, two or three things that the top 10%, top 5% of salespeople do that everyone else doesn't do. And, and these are going to be pretty shocking. And then we'll get back to the skill question. One is goals. Mm -hmm. And two, believe it or not, is CRM. Hmm. Those two things. If salespeople write goals that are meaningful, every day they're looking at them and they track them to see their progress. You got to do all three and they live inside their CRM. And many people on, on here, if you don't know what a CRM is, right, that's again where we put all of our contacts, prospects, right, follow up, our pipeline, that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. you know, Salesforce and Ammo and HubSpot, there's a million CRMs, right? So if you don't live inside that thing and you don't set goals and track them, you are missing out, get this, 41% of your income. Oh, shoot. So think about that. If all you did was learn how to properly set goals and you lived inside your CRM, your income would grow by 41%, regardless of skill set. 
Now you add that stuff, which is again, th these things, Rick, are what I built my course on. Yeah. Like everything I built is in relation to the results of the DNA test. So we can help people get better at these things. Mm -hmm. It's not about closing. And once people understand that that isn't the be all end all, you got to fix all the other stuff first. It, dude, it's like, it's like baseball mm -hmm. and it sucks. We don't have baseball anymore, but yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> Everyone knows Mariano Rivera, okay? Uh -huh. Clearly the best closer in history. And I'm a Red Sox fan, okay? <laughs> and he was lights out. The game was over when he came in. You had no shot. But if you're the Baltimore Orioles and you suck something awful and all you had was Mariano Rivera, you'd still lose 100 games. You know why? Because the first eight innings matter. Mm-hmm. You can't bring the closer in when you're down 11 to two. Yeah. So this is what happens in sales. Everyone focuses on being Mariano Rivera, but you're the GM of a team with 24 other guys who suck. Yeah. So if 24 parts of your sales process suck, but you're a great closer, you can't close. So it's, those are the things that people don't spend a lot of time on. I was talking on another podcast the other day about game film, right? And we'll, I guess we'll use football for another one, right? We got to talk about sports because we yep. don't stir crazy. But um, think about football. Okay? You got a Raider set on, okay? Yes, I do. And I, I know you know the answer to this. How many hours a week, right, does John Gruden watch game film? So many hours. I, I don't know the number. I think it's like 80, 60 to 80. It's, okay. it's, it's upwards of 70. Yeah, just game film, guys. Okay, every week. Well, guess how much John Gruden makes? 10 million a year. Yeah. Okay. But a salesperson, many have never even recorded themselves one time. They've never practiced their pitch. They've never listened to their elevator pitch. They've never watched themselves giving a presentation, speaking publicly, asking for referrals, doing a door knock. They've never recorded themselves once, and they wonder why they're not making $10 million. Yeah. So athletes that watch 10 hours, 20 hours, 40 hours a week of game film, you name them, LeBron, Serena Williams, I don't care who it is, they're watching game film of themselves so they can get better. Yeah. That is a skill that most salespeople don't feel like they need to get better at. And why wouldn't you? That is the skill. Selling is your skill. Mm -hmm. How you get your message out is your skill. So if you're not working on that and improving that and optimizing that and eliminating your crutch words and all those things, how the hell are you gonna get better? But you're a great closer. I know how to ask them how to buy. It's, it's so backwards, dude. It, it's like, and I feel bad because people have been, had this crap shoved down their throats for decades and it's never helped anybody and it never will. It helps those guys get rich, but you stay the same. Exactly. So. One, one of the other things, um, kind of expanding on the crap that's been, you know, spewed for so many years. It's, I mean, sales, one, the biggest one is sales is a number game. Right? Yeah. Which yeah. Is one, quite which, another. Which, which is another one that's like, okay, uh, it's okay. It's a numbers. If it is a numbers game, how is it? But it is uh, such complete horseshit. Uh, it's just God awful. And I apologize for all these sports analogies, but it's so easy to see in sports. And, and yeah, the best, the best one for the numbers game is, is Charles Barkley. And if you've ever seen Barkley swing a golf club, you guys know what I mean. Okay. And if you haven't seen Charles Barkley swing a golf club, you got to YouTube it. It's a thing. It's a, a spectacle. Um, it's, it's like watching like a baby giraffe, you know, try to stand up. Uh, you, you just feel for the guy, right? He's been playing golf for 25 years. He's probably hit 3 million golf balls. Yeah. And he still sucks. You know why? Because he doesn't know how to swing a club. So if you use the numbers game crap, why isn't he on the PGA Tour? Mm -hmm. 
He swung a golf club 3 million times. It's a numbers game. Just keep doing it, Charles. Just keep doing it. Just keep going to the range. Well, the problem is if you keep doing the wrong thing a lot, nothing changes. When you tell people sales is a numbers game, especially if you do this as a manager, you're just being lazy. You're just lazy. Just go make calls. I know you don't know how to do it. I know you're not confident. I know you've never done it. I know it's probably not going to work, but just keep doing it. You're killing your salespeople and you're telling them they're just telemarketers. And I, I want you guys, especially if you're in the door-to-door -door industry, don't fall for this garbage. It is not about the number of doors you knock on. It's about the number of quality delivery of your message that matters. Okay. See, because if you knock on a shit ton of doors and you're great at that first 15 seconds, guess what? You're a top one percenter. But if you just knock on a lot of doors and you're just going by, it's a numbers game and you recite your boring ass script just 50 times, of course you're going to struggle. It's just the way it is. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's the people that practice, that develop, that hone that skill, and they do a lot of numbers. It's, it's not just one thing. Yeah. It's, it, the reverse is also opposite, dude, right? There's, there's plenty of people you and I know that are super talented in sales, right? Mm -hmm. And that was not me, okay? I didn't say a freaking word, right, from second grade to high school, nothing. Mm -hmm. um, I wasn't this naturally gifted orator, charismatic guy. I just wasn't born like that, right? So I had to work at it. And it's the same thing in sales. Like we have to work to get better at this stuff. Because if we just have like a born talent, now you turn into Johnny Manziel, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Where is he? He's not, he can't even make an arena league team i mean like it's more than talent right talent yeah. only gets you so far so yeah. you have to have both right you have to really practice the skill and you have to know mentally how to be successful right what are the things that i need to work on that's what recording yourself does that's what the dna test does because mm -hmm. we have to figure out again in, in as a quarterback if I'm not throwing the 15 yard out and I'm throwing it low or I'm throwing it high, I got to work on that so I can get it right here. Mm -hmm. That's what the best quarterbacks do. The other ones, they don't work on that. They're out partying and look where they are now. They don't have a job. Exactly. So yeah, that's a couple of things I think are really important for you guys. So don't fall into that sales as a numbers myth. Okay. Cause the myth. Yeah. So I mean, realistically what it comes down to is just making sure that, well, one of the things I want to touch on is, is the pitch, right? Having that, that be its own separate thing. Right. But as long as you're yeah. delivering quality yeah. conversations, right. Let's, let's, let's just call it that conversations that result in sales being made. Right. As long as you're doing that consistently, you'll know I need to talk rather than I need to knock this many doors. Now we're going to, I need to talk to this many qualified people. Right. Right. So long, so long as I work on my craft, right, have, have my pitch down, and I talk to five qualified buyers, five qualified people that fall into what I look for in a customer, so long as I talk to right. five, I will sell three of them, right? And now, by the way, how, how would you know that? That would, that would be working on my craft, right? That would be. No, no. But I mean, how do you know the numbers? How would you ever know that you got three out of five or 14 out of 27? How would you know that? So that, that goes down back into film, I guess, in, in the form of recording, I mean, recording your conversations and taking note of, of every interaction, right? Okay. That's where I'm going. Where do you take the notes? I would. Where do you put that info? So most door to door. That's CRM, dude. Yeah, the that CRM. is CRM. Okay. Because if you're not doing that, here's my point. Okay. You have no clue how good or bad you are. Okay. That's why they keep records in sports. That's why they keep stats. Because mm -hmm. if they didn't, 
every baseball player would go, yeah, I hit 375. Wait, I'm sorry. Did you say your average is 375? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's 375. Actually, you're, you're betting 261. Yeah. You know why? Because we have the numbers. <laughs> See, if, if you don't have the numbers, you can't improve. If you don't know what your conversion rates are, if you don't know how many sales you make per person, if you don't know your average order, if you don't know that stuff, you can't get better. That's why you have to live in your CRM. That's why the top salespeople know all their numbers. They could tell you right now what's their lifetime average of a client, right? Lifetime value of a client. They could tell you right now it's 17,240. What's your closing percentage, Rick? Oh, it's 42%. Right? What's your conversion rate when you knock on a door and have a conversation? Oh, that's 37%. If you don't know those numbers, how on earth would you get better? Because you're just convincing yourself that you're good. And that's what most people do, right? They, they think they're better than they are because there's no proof. You don't have the numbers to back it up. And guess what? Warren Buffett doesn't buy your company. If you say, oh, well, he did 300 million last year. Oh, cool. Can I see the, see the numbers? Oh, we don't track that. But I, didn't you just ask me for $2 billion? Yeah. Well, we, do three, we did 300 last year. I, I know. I just I want to see the stats so I can make sure I'm making a good investment. No, I, we don't have those. We just, you know. You think he would buy that company? Of course he wouldn't. Yeah. So you have to have that same ideal, right? You have to look at your sales business like Warren Buffett looks at a company he's going to buy. You need to know every number. You need to know your metrics. You need to know what you're good and bad at. You need to know where you need to improve. You need to know where you need to put time. And again, this is not an exact science of what I'm saying here on door knocking, but let's just say, for example, all the houses that are two-story, you had a higher percentage of people that answered the door than all the houses that were single-story. Let's just say that were a fact, which it's not. Yeah. But let's just say that were a fact. What type of houses should you be knocking on the doors of? Right? We already know that these houses are better for us. We just need to do more of that. Exactly. Right? It's just like advertising, right? Where do your leads come from? Are, are, are they coming from Facebook? Are they coming from Instagram? Are they coming from search? Are they, you know, where are they coming from? And if we don't know where, why would we keep spending money on this particular medium mm -hmm. if not getting ROI? But this isn't just a salesperson thing, dude. This is companies, man. Companies don't know this stuff. They have no clue. And they're just meandering along through life and they're doing okay. And this is what happens, guys, if you're, if you're listening. Being good will kill you. You know yeah. why? because you get complacent. Being good is bad, right? It's how do I get to be as good as I can be? Not comparing myself to other people, but how good can Rick be, right? How good could Steve get? Who cares about these other people? Yeah. How good could you be? And, and that's what you have to look at. You gotta treat this thing like a business. And if you don't have a CRM, you're not treating it like a business. You're, you're just guessing. You know, yeah. I, I have a, a good friend, super, super successful in pest control, and um, was talking to him about, you know, how can I get better? How can I get better? I go, tell me about your CRM. He goes, what's that? I'm like, dude, do you know how many deals you're losing? Because guess what, guys? Not everybody buys on the spot. Yeah. Guess what? Not everybody wants to be sold. No matter what people are telling you, that is not the case. The, the one call closed garbage, yeah. that went out in 1979, okay? Consumers today in 2020 are different. They're savvy. They can look you up and find you in two seconds. There's 86 competitors that you have that they can get access to like that. Mm -hmm. And if you try to push them into buying, you're only going to piss them off. 
So if you have this mantra of I'm going to be killer at follow-up, guess what? You're going to get a ton more customers. Yep. Because every single one of us would take somebody buying from us two days from now. Who cares if they buy from us right then? doesn't matter. Do they buy from us? That is what matters. And I will tell you guys this, the people in sales that I work with right now that are doing this, that are basically priming the pump for when this thing is over in two months, three months, whenever this thing's going to be over, they're going to kill it because they didn't force people to buy. They were just there. They stayed yeah. in touch. They followed up. And guess who that prospect's going to think of when we get back to normal life? You. Yeah. So we don't have to do that, you know, buy or you're a loser. This is, it's not good. It's not, especially now, especially yeah. now. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, part of that, guys, the, the CRMs, if, if you don't have one available or if, if you're just kind of like, cheap and don't want to spend it just go on google forms and create create your own your own um your own crm which is which is what i did this last couple these last couple of days Dude, i just found all my did leads. i tell you the one did i tell you the one that's super cheap by the way i make nothing i have no affiliates like these other schmucks i don't get yeah. paid for any of this um so there's one that's super inexpensive i don't use it anymore because we have a better one now but yeah um, it's funny. It's called less annoying CRM. That's really the name of it. Really? Um, yeah. When I started, I got that because I just want to get it's ten bucks a month. Yeah. There you go. Tim. Right. It's nothing. Um, we have a, a more sophisticated one now, but um, again, it's what I used when I first started and it did enough for me that I, you know, didn't have to keep going back and forth. Right all my spreadsheets right which mm -hmm. at least if you have that that's something but yeah. you've got to have something where you're entering in your data and then it sends you reminders like hey don't forget to call rick back like you'll forget you exactly. you, you just you can't remember it all so i don't care what crm you get but get one right? yeah get one um, guys get a crm because i mean you're absolutely right i mean you, you touch on this thing is um, if they don't buy the first time, that's totally fine. And I feel like we've, we're kind of losing that. Um, it's, it's kind of going down where people are losing the concept with the, the concept of follow-up, right? Everybody who doesn't, oh my buy, God. everybody who doesn't buy, that's totally fine. Whether you work for your own company or you work for a different company, just jot down their info, tell them you'll send them some information, put it into a CRM and eventually you gotta keep track. Exactly. Yeah. How do you keep track? Because mo most of these guys, right, um, they work for a company and the company has like their own knocking app, like a street sheet, sales rabbit, whatever. Yeah. Is, right? Yeah. Um, at the end of the summer or whenever, whenever you move to a different area, yeah. you lose access to those leads. Big time. Uh, this, this another, another door door guy I work with, we had this conversation and he's like, you know what I hate? He sells security. It's like, I hate when I walk back down that neighborhood and I see signs that aren't mine. Yeah. Cause they bought from someone else, but I just talked to him a week ago or two weeks ago or a month ago. <laughs> dude, that's on you, dude. You know why? Cause you didn't follow up. The next guy got the deal. The next gal got the deal. Cause you didn't have time to send them an email or call them back or knock on their door again or bring by cookies or whatever. You didn't do that. You lose. Mm -hmm. And we pro you probably know this, but if, if audience, right? So 48% of salespeople, literally guys, half, do not follow up even one time. 48%. 25% of salespeople follow up twice and then stop. Mm -hmm. So let me give you these numbers. 73% of salespeople will follow up two times and never follow up again. 73%, either zero, one, or two. And 12% of salespeople will follow up at least three times. Okay. Mm -hmm. So here's the math 12% of salespeople follow up at least three times. Guess what percentage of salespeople earn six figures? 12%. 12%.
You give me a salesperson that's killer at follow-up, I will take that person over any other salesperson in the draft that's a great public speaker or a really hard worker or a great closer. Screw that. Give me the gal that's a killer at follow-up. That's the one I take. All yeah. the other stuff we can teach, right? Exactly. But we're leaving so much business on the table, especially in door-to-door -door, because it's never brought up. Yeah. It's never brought up. It's, we'll just knock on more doors. Now, why would I do that? I have potential clients here. Yeah. They just didn't buy right then because we caught them at dinner or they just got a new car or whatever. Why would I just give those away? You guys are doing work for the second dude. Yeah. You're teeing it up for those people to just come in and go, oh, yeah, well, I, I actually had a guy stop by last week. But I don't know what happened to him. Yeah, we were going to buy, but my kid was sick and I didn't have the time to come. Yeah, we'd love to go with you. <laughs> I want other people doing my work. Exactly. I, I appreciate it. Exactly. Guys, so to, to apply this into door-to-door, -door, right? You're, you're knocking a door. For some reason, the, the, the decision makers aren't home, right? Your first follow-up is you go back, you ask them what time is better to go back. You go back, yeah. right? Let's just say today, today's Tuesday, right? So I talk to them today at nine, nine o'clock in the morning. Both decision makers aren't home. I follow up that same day, see if, see if they're home. If I can't get them, what do I do? I stop back the next day. Now that's Wednesday. That's your second follow-up. They, they don't answer. They're not home. When do you go back? Friday. Right at the end of the week before you leave that area. If they're not home, then you find somebody to talk to and you get their information. A number you can text them at or an email you can email them at. Throw that into the CRM, right? Now you yep. have a fourth follow-up at that point, right? Yep. Now, not only are you putting yourself into the 12% and you're giving yourself a higher chance of closing that deal, but you're just prepping them, right? The, the more they see you, the more they see That's up. the point the more they see things coming from you when they're ready to buy, who are they going to think of? Oh, Rick, the guy who yep. just kept on stopping by the guy who just kept on following up. He wasn't pushy. He understood. Now I'm ready. And I like Rick. So That's whether how it works guys, so whether it's next week or two weeks down the road, when you're in a different area, when they want to get their home security, when they want to get the solar system, when they want to get their bugs taken care of, who are they going to call? They're going to call Rick. So the, these are things that, you know, we're not saying just if, if, you, if you talk to them once and they don't buy, then put them into a CRM and, you know, right. no, just, just continuously do things, you know, touch back with them. And then you're more likely to get that sale down the road. And that's the numbers, guys. And that's great advice. 80% guys and gals, 80% of sales are made between the fifth and the 12th contact. 80%. I'm going with the numbers. I'm going with the 80. Mm -hmm. So I make sure that I'm always talking to my prospects between five and 12 times. Always. Always. Exactly. Sometimes they buy on the 12th time. But, and by the way, guys, it's not five to 12 times within three days. Okay. So let's be clear there. Yeah. Um, you want them calling you back, right? Not yeah. the police. Okay. So that's one thing. The second thing is every follow-up isn't about, hey, wanna buy, hey, wanna buy, hey, wanna buy, hey, wanna buy, hey, wanna buy. Rick, I, I followed up five times and that's not follow-up, that's stock. Yeah. Okay, so the follow-ups aren't, hey, wanna buy, hey, wanna buy. Yeah. It could be an article you saw, right, online that's mm -hmm. related to solar if you sell solar. Um, if you talked about cooking, right, when you were talking to them, send them a clip of a show you saw on YouTube. Exactly, genius. That's follow-up, right? Yeah. It's not, hey, are you ready to buy again? Hey, but that's what most salespeople do, even if they follow up, which they don't. Yeah. You, it's just about the touch. It's just about them seeing you. It's yeah. not about, hey, want to buy. Exactly. So I hope that's helpful, guys. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but this, this is kind of one thing, too. We didn't talk about too much, but um, in, in the course that I built that is not Steve Haru University, okay? Um, it's called Six Figure Sales Accelerator. I spent the past 18 months doing a modern day Napoleon Hill thing. 
And I studied tons of six and seven figure salespeople in every industry, every industry you can imagine, men, women, old, young, right? And I found that, guess what? Most of them are great and follow up. Mm -hmm. they're, they're already making six and seven figures. Why? Because of certain aspects, just like Napoleon Hill found out, right? With the Rockefellers and all these other people. So what I did was I put all those best practices together and that's what I put in my course. It's not about what Steve does or what Rick does. It's, hey, here's what all these other successful men and women do. Just pick out the parts that you like and implement those into your business. And that's what it's about. It's sharing best practices. And of all the things that I found out about all these amazing salespeople, follow-up was literally number one on the list. It wasn't closing, it wasn't public speaking, it wasn't even their sales process, it wasn't their pitch, it was follow up. And so selfishly, I've learned a bunch of cool stuff that I do in my business now, and I was just doing it to help get that message out to people. But um, that's, that's the stuff that matters, guys. There you go, guys. The follow-up is super important. Um, we'll, I, I, we'll, we'll definitely have you back on again, and we'll, we'll definitely yeah, thanks, more and more into some follow-up advices, tips. Yeah, training. we could talk about that for six days, and yeah. that's just one little thing. One um, little thing, but the, the biggest thing is that it, it sets you apart. And the, one of the things that you're big on is like sales reps have this need to be liked rather than yeah. expected, right? By That's another thing that hurts follow-up, right? See, all, all these things are related to all yeah. the stuff that's in our DNA, right? Mm -hmm. And so you got the need to be liked, which if you have that, you're not going to follow up because you're afraid that you're bothering people. Mm -hmm. Therefore, you don't follow up and the need to be liked kills you. Mm -hmm. It's not the lack of follow-up. It's the need to be liked, right? That hurts. Um, that other one I shared with you called unsupportive buy cycle. This is another one we measure, which is critical. This means the way that you buy affects the way that you sell. So if you have an unsupportive buy cycle, it means you tend to be more of a value shopper. You tend to think about things a lot. You tend to take a while to make decisions. So if you have a prospect that says they want to think about it, you then, again, empathize with them. You relate to them. You go into, no problem. I'm the same way. I'll call you back in two weeks. You lose the sale. Because mm -hmm. one, you never do call them back. And two, you could have made the sale, but you like to take forever to make decisions. And they very easily, with the right phrasing, the right questions, would have bought. But because of the way you buy, you assumed that that's the way that they buy, you lose the sale. Yeah. So if we don't figure that stuff out, that's the stuff the sales DNA test does. None of the other stuff matters because you won't even do it. That's why closing in and of itself won't help you. Because even if I taught you the best way in the world to close, you physiologically won't say those words out of your mouth at the time it needs to be said because of all these other things in your head that are holding you back. Shoot, That's guys. how it all gets tied together. Dude, my, my guys, if you guys aren't taking notes, go back, re-listen, because in, in my mind, like everything is just clicking. Um, so if, if it's clicking for me, it has to click for you guys as well. Um, okay. One of the things that I wanted to ask you um, is, so we're, we're talking about all these different skill sets that we can, that we can learn. We need to develop. Part of it is also, we need to understand selling, right? Like the yeah. language of selling. So it needs to yes. be a language to us. Um, yeah. It's funny you said that. That's my keynote that just got canceled. Again, I, I was doing a talk for National Association of Health Underwriters, a huge event in Chicago mm -hmm. in June. It's probably going to be canceled. The topic is selling as a second language. That is literally the topic of one of the keynotes I give. So it's funny you said that, but yeah. that's exactly right. So part of that, I mean, before, before we, we can work on 
all, all the other things, right? We need to get down selling, right? The, the language of selling, right? And as quick and brief as you can, what do you mean by selling as a second language? Like how, how do you have that as a second language? So this is an, an, a simple one, but most people don't think of it like this. Um, when a baby is born, yeah. what, what language do they speak? None. Okay. So why would somebody just think, right, they're going to be magically good at sales? And, you know, we, we hear this a lot, right? Oh, she was born to sell. He was born to sell. That's complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. Okay. They learned how to sell just like everybody learns how to play guitar or they learn how to speak Spanish. You can't just by osmosis be good, right? At language, you've got to learn the language, but here's what happens. And we, t we can't travel anymore either, but yeah. we'll use a travel story. So here's what tourists do. Let's say they, they go to like Greece or something, right? They're in a restaurant and they want water, right? And the server doesn't speak English. He, he speaks Greek. And you're asking for water. And you go, do you have any water? And the guy's like, you go, no, water. You know, water? Do you have any water? Yeah. Like, as if yelling at him in a language he doesn't understand is going to work. Mm -hmm. This is what salespeople do. Right? With their language, Right. They're yelling at people with this yeah. ridiculous closing techniques and manipulation. And well, most of my clients, Tom, felt exactly the way you do. But what we found, you know, this feel felt, found garbage. Okay, like <laughs> people know when they're being manipulated. They know when you're full of shit. So why do you keep doing it? When you guys get calls from telemarketers or robocalls, do you know it's a telemarketer? Yeah. How do you know? You can't see them. What's your evidence? Um, well, for me, I, I always start off the, if, if, if I know, if I see a number. Let's say you don't know. I Let's don't say know. you just pick the phone up and they start talking. How do you know it's a telemarketer? So I always give them a fake name. Like, hey, what's up? This, this is Eugene, right? You, Eugene is my, my alter ego. Yeah. Um, if, if, if they go straight into their script and I know it is a telemarketer, if they're like, Oh shoot, sorry, is Rick. Uh, you could, how do you know, how do you know they went into their script? They, they go straight in. So normally there's a little, how can you tell it's a script? Um, uh, it's, it just sounds robotic. It's Correct. You heard it, right? Yeah. You can't see this person in a call center, right? You can't see them with their robo caller, you know, numbers on the screen, right? Uh -huh. You heard some words and you go, boom, telemarketer. Yeah. So if you're in sales and you sound like a salesperson, guess what people think you are? A salesperson. Like that. So when you use all these old school techniques and verbiage and manipulation and ABC garbage and feel felt found and get them to say yes five times and all this crap, you are literally screaming at them. I'm a salesperson, Tom. So if you speak that language of a salesperson, what do they think you are? Salesperson. So that's how you have to learn how to speak this language is you got to eliminate all that garbage, all of it. When, when I started selling Cutco knives, I was 18 years old. I didn't know anything about anything. I was deathly afraid of people, right? Completely. Yeah. And they gave me the script. And many of you guys know, excuse me, no, if you've seen the Cutco script, mm -hmm. it's still the same today as it was 25 years ago. I was like, <laughs> it's the same. It's all sales speak. It's horrible. Mm -hmm. And I read this thing at 18. I had never done sales before. And I knew I wasn't going to say that. That just didn't make sense to me all this manipulation and, you know, trying to coax people into going down this path with salesy language, right? What can I do to put you in this car today, Rick? You know, this kind of stuff. So I did the opposite. I was a real person. I went to the store and I bought food. That was my knife demo. I brought food to people's houses and guess what? We cut the food up. 
I didn't use salesy language or scripts or whatever. They didn't think I was a knife salesman. They thought it was a kid from Quincy, you know, down the street. So you have to be careful of the language you use and you've got to avoid selling words. You never want to say contract. You say paperwork. Mm -hmm. You never want to say sign. You say autograph. It's stuff like that. Okay. You'll learn, but even it's funny you brought this topic up of all, but there's a, a, a lesson right in my course that says words to avoid phrases to avoid, right? These are some of them, because if you speak that language of a salesperson, you are a salesperson. Yeah. Even if you don't think you are, I work with a lot of people in different industries. Go, I'm not a salesperson. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a home buying specialist. No, you're a salesperson. I'm a real estate professional. You're a salesperson. Mm -hmm. No, I'm a dream builder. No, you're a lender. You're a salesperson. What are you talking about? Yeah. Even we're in sales and we don't like to be called salespeople. We freaking do it for a living. Yeah. So what do you think people think that are not in sales? Oh, here's another salesman, another door-to-door sales, right? Yeah. We got to change the perception. How do we do it? We got to change the language because guess yeah. what, guys? The perception's not going anywhere. It's not. But before you were born, okay, there was a movie before I was born too um, that changed the perception of billions with a B, billions of people about a particular animal. Can you guess what it was? No. It has to, has to do with the ocean. Ocean whales? Nope. More dangerous. Sharks? Yep. What movie? Jaws. Right. So Jaws came out in 1975. Yeah. People stopped going in the water. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. There's, there, in the history of time, Okay. It, since we've been alive, there's not one time, zero times that a 30 foot great white has ever been filmed. 0.0. Doesn't exist. Guys, Jaws is a movie. It's not Shark Week. It's not, it's not scientific. It's not National Geographic. Yeah. People stop going in the water. Okay. Over the last 40 years, B with a B. Okay. Billions. Right. If not hundreds of millions. Okay. Stop going in the water. In friggin' Indiana, like in ponds. You know why? Because the perception yeah, exactly. is that sharks kill people. Yeah. You guys want to know the facts? Sharks kill roughly six people a year. Six. Do you know how many sharks we kill? A hundred million. They kill six of us. We kill a hundred million of them. Why? Perception. You're more likely to be killed by being struck by lightning while you're drowning than being attacked by a shark. But people still don't go in the water. Why? Perception. It's the same perception we have as salespeople. So you have to understand when you go up and knock on every door, people think you're Jaws. How do you show them you're not? You know, that's our goal. That's my goal. That's our victory selling. That is what we do. That's our whole reason for living is to change the perception of salespeople and sales training. And that's why we can do it with humility and honesty and integrity and being a normal person and not having to sell everybody that comes within five feet of us. Yeah. So. Okay. Hope that's been helpful, brother. Yeah, definitely. Holy crap. That was, that was super good. All right, Steve. Um, I know you have, you have, you have a super busy day. Um, I had you. Um, so guys with that, um, you can find Steve on social media, right? You're on, do you mind giving us yep. your, your social medias? Yeah, sure. So LinkedIn's easy. Um, Instagram's at the Steve Haru, right? T-H-E, Steve, H-E-R-O-U-X, right? And then salesdnatest.com is where 
all the good stuff is that guys can't tell you enough. And I wouldn't tell you if I didn't take it and believe in it myself. And so many of our clients are just blown away um, when they do it. So if it helps great. And um, if not, hope this was helpful too. And yeah. appreciate you letting me uh, speak to your audience today, buddy. No, of course. Thank, thank, thanks for being on. So guys, that is salesdnatest.com. Yep. So if That's you it. go in, take the test, figure out what it is you're lacking and you know, Steve and his crew will find out. Not take it, not take it. You got to go through that first and let me know, is this something that you even see value in, right? Because okay. that's going to give you guys an explanation of how it works, right? So go on there. If you have interest, if you want to get better, hit me up, then we'll talk about it because not everybody's going to do it. And frankly, we don't let everybody do it because they're not serious about making changes, right? Okay. So just go on there, take a look. If it's a value to you, awesome. If not, find me on social media, all kinds of other stuff. We, we just want to keep providing value to you yeah. guys and really helping change that perception of salespeople. We could do it. It's just not going to happen overnight. Yep. And you just published a book, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, uh, that came out uh, a couple of days ago, my birthday. It's called Sales is Not a Dirty Word. Um, you can get that on Amazon. I know you picked it up. So thanks, man. Hope you like it. But uh, yeah, it's exciting times, man. You know, trying to be the, the, you know, the outlier, right? The disruptor in the sales training industry of telling people you don't have to sell everybody that comes within two square feet of you. I, I just think it's the way to go. And you'll have a much longer career. It's so much repeat business referrals and intros. You won't even know what to do with all right, guys, you heard it here first. Steve, thank you for being Thanks, on. Man. I appreciate everything we you got. Got it, man. Thanks, Wait. buddy. All right, guys, we'll, we'll talk to you on the next one. I'm coming up for air so I can check myself again and I stand. Proven to the man, but sheltered. Confidence, pretend to shake.